0: Welcome to the Empower Solve Protect podcast, hosted by David Levine, founder and CEO of Go West IT. Go West IT guides businesses to opportunity while protecting them from harm on the digital frontier. The Empower Solve Protect podcast explores digital transformation strategies and journeys of successful entrepreneurs and business leaders.
1: Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to another episode of Empower, Solve, Protect, and I'm very honored to have Dana Sednek with me today. Dana is a uh, has a A long career and a very uh, impressive career um, of helping businesses and particularly uh, engaging people in businesses Um, i'm going to do a little reading here because she's got such a fantastic resume in 2020 she designed and developed and pitched and implemented a world-class leading technology stack that won a brandon Hall Gold Award for best Advance in learning tech implementation. That is that is really that's a long title and that's very impressive. Um, She's also worked at some uh, very large organizations leading uh, online digital learning such as Intuit um, and she's been involved with coaching leaders and helping leaders for a very long time. So I'm honored that she would spend the time uh, visiting with us today and I'm really excited about the conversation. Dana, thanks for being here.
0: Thanks, David. It's great to be here.
1: All right. Well, I like to start these off by kind of finding out uh, how you got here. Um, You've got an impressive career. Do you want to you can expand or contrast as much as you'd like on on how you got here, but maybe give us a quick picture of of how you got to where you are today.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. uh, My my career is a little bit flip flopped from others. I started uh, in the same place that Uh, former CEOs and uh, ex-lawyers and judges all kind of went to in their third career. So I actually started out in my career wanting to be a divorce mediator. Um, And, right, interesting, uh, not related to tech exactly, but very much related to uh, the intermediary between people, right, and how to get people to make decisions. I thought it was so interesting, this whole mediation process where you get all the people to make the decisions um, and make agreements with each other without somebody, some third party doing it, right? Like bringing everybody to the table and then, um, and then being able to kind of hash it out and agree to go. And, uh, and so along my journey in, um, uh, in going into the world of work, I realized that there is a ton of opportunity to be able to mediate and kind of set people around the table uh, when it comes to stakeholder management. Um, And uh, I have worked kind of in tech and in video uh, collaboration before it became the thing that we do all the time. I remember saying a lot um, to clients um, when talking about their thinking about going virtual for any kind of learning or collaboration or meeting needs. You know, I'd always say, oh, hey, you know what? I am here to help our uh, I'm here to help you. Um, figure out how you can do your best work when you can't be in the same room with one another. And before, uh, you know, this fabulous uh, time of COVID that is was very weird, um, but very transformative. um, People would be like, I I don't I don't understand. Why wouldn't you be in the same room with one another if you're if you have something very important to do? And um, and so now what has been so great is that When I say I hope you do your best work when you can't be in the same room with one another, especially when it comes to big transformations that are happening, people are like, "Oh, yeah, I get it. Help us, help us figure out how to come to the table, make agreements with one another that are our own agreements, and kind of be able to move forward um, so that we can advance to where we want to go." So uh, my journey, kind of throughout all of organizations and things, you know, that's the red thread is um, bringing all the people who care about the thing that they want to do um together to align on doing the thing
1: yeah that's a great story i didn't know about your your desire to be a, a divorce mediator um i also don't know anybody who starts out thinking they wanted to go want to go into that um, I know. <laughs> I, I thought i wanted to be a lawyer uh when i was in school i was very fortunate to work for a law firm um they gave me an opportunity and it gave me great insight to uh what that field was about and i decided i didn't want to be an attorney so uh, so I, I get that journeys kind of take people through different paths, and it's interesting how you got there. I think it's also really interesting that you were way ahead of the curve on remote uh, engagement um, and how fortuitous, because uh, your skill set is highly desirable now, and you've kind of been where a lot of companies have gone now just because they had to go very quickly. I think a lot of businesses, too, are still figuring it out. Um, there's a lot of figuring out to be done a lot of grappling now uh, Now that the dust has settled from the pandemic a little bit, um, people are still trying to figure out what what works well, what doesn't work well, and how are we gonna be our best uh, moving forward?
0: Yeah, you know, David, it's really interesting. We thought that that was temporary, right? Where we're like, okay, we're all just gonna, let's all just kind of figure it out and, and make our way until we can get ourselves back in the office. But uh, as we progress through the time being virtual, we kind of realized. Well, wait a second. This is actually sometimes can be pretty great. We miss being, um, you know, in the room with one another. But uh, it seems that our kind of new era, or new world of work is going to be some mix of both, right? This hybrid space where you might have somebody, some people in the room together, and um, you know, other individuals calling, calling in remotely. And um, you know, it's it's been such an interesting transition. Um, especially uh, when it comes to trying to figure it out, right? I think a lot of companies jumped right in and they're like, all right, we're just going to do it. And they didn't take the time or space to really think and be intentional about it. One of the biggest things that I, um, that I actually consult with on um, clients, with clients who are looking to do this kind of transformation or who are, are um, thinking about it, um, is really to stop first stop thinking about trying to replicate the office. So, uh, you know, a lot of times we get into a room and we're like, OK, well, how would we do this if we were in a, a conference room? Let's, uh, you know, get somebody to come up to the whiteboard and take notes or let's this is what, what it's going to look like. And we forget about all the cool things that we can do now with the um, with the digital tools that we have available to us. So uh, often one of my biggest recommendations is think first digitally and then bring it back into the office instead of, you know, the flip of trying to replicate the office digitally.
1: That's a great comment. Um, I'm going to inject a little of, of our experience there. You know, Go West and many of our customers were early adopters of Teams. Um, and this was way before it was a necessity to work uh, effectively remotely. But uh, teams is much more than just you know how we're using it right now for a, a meeting and we're recording that meeting um, but there's a ton of tools that that are baked in and then you could add on but it boy, it is it a transition to have people understand how to leverage that technology And sometimes pieces just happen and this will be maybe a segue into how we talk a little bit about our 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 next uh, topic here but often it requires some real, thought and planning and engagement uh, to get people to really understand the tools, use the tools the same way because uh, teams, Zoom, uh, all of those platforms are vast. And boy, if you just let it just open it up and say here, use this, you get however many people you've got in the room all using it differently. So um, I always ask, what does digital transformation mean to you? And I ask that question because I get just about as many answers as i as i as I had uh, talk to people. however many people I talk to, I get that many answers. Can you tell me what digital transformation means to you?
0: Sure. yeah, digital transformation is an interesting word, right? Like um I actually think that it's uh, that it encapsulates the um, the blend of both the people and the technology. Um in order to transform, you can't just turn the technology on. It's easy to get a um, a tenant of teams up. And, uh, but it's really difficult to uh, get everybody using it and knowing about how to use it um, kind of along the boat. So when I think about digital transformation, I actually, I think about two things, right? It's, it's um, in or- for organizations, it is, they've realized that they need to turn the ship or they need to jump into another ship. Um, and in order to do those things, all of that is very much about people. The ship or the technology is there, but um, it's all about how are we gonna help our, um, our ship boards, right, all the people who are on, on the ship with us, how are we gonna help our employees really um, kind of move into this and then learn how to work together in this new way of working or, or field of working or um, business structure, right? Like it it um, uh, for every organization, their digital transformation looks a little bit different because it's based on um, a different vision for their future. Um, However, all of it, every organization has to figure out how to either move the ship or uh, learn to work in a new ship. And that's what the people um, side is all about. That's the stuff that is the hardest work. Um, So uh, to me, digital transformation means uh, making sure that you're attending to both.
1: I think that's a very important insight. So digital without the human elephant, uh, you you really can't have transformation. Uh, You just have digital. You, you've you got it. The transformation <laughs> yeah. part is about bringing people along or letting them leverage the technology. Um, you know, Go West IT implements a lot of technology for customers or we help with implementing platforms that they've chosen. And uh, it's not uncommon to have someone come to us and say, hey, we tried that and it didn't work. Or it's not uncommon for a business to say, we want to take tackle a piece of technology. We get and help stand that up but for whatever reason it falls flat and my experience is that the the lack of forethought or planning for user adoption is usually a really important uh factor as to why something may have fallen short of expectations or uh, doesn't get implemented and goes by the wayside anyway since you've done so much consulting with businesses about digital transformation um, I'll put this in the form of a question. can what can you tell me about um executive sponsorship or leader sponsorship of initiatives and the the kind of the mentality that's needed to think about change adoption and trans and and really getting people enrolled in the process? Is that something you you talk with people about?
0: Yes, and it's um, it's actually what I went through um, when I won the Brandon Hall Gold Award, the um, best implementation of innovation um, learning technology, the the long titled um, award. Uh, that was a, a three to five year kind of project in progress. Um, wow. In fact, so it was um, it, it was with my clients at first into it, and um, as often as I do, um, sometimes I go internally. And uh, and work for some of my clients, and then I spend time externally. And um, and uh, when I started my work with uh, with Intuit, we were reimagining their global onboarding experience. So a, a great opportunity in the front end to be able to um, kind of create culture and design the way that uh, that you say how you're going to show up for employees, and then that's the thing that you need to do when it comes to kind of creating that onboarding experience from culture and. Um, When I started and we were thinking about it, uh, the the internal technology that we had available to us was just the lonely LMS, the learning management system. And um, so if we wanted to put an explainer video out or like a three minute video of uh, Intuit CEO at the time, Brad Smith, giving uh, a welcome to new employees via email, uh, this couldn't be done. We actually... uh, we tried to get it done, and, and the only way to get it done would be to upload it into a course inside of the LMS, get somebody to um, to log it. Then you have to like click to go register, and then you have to click to go uh, confirm your registration. Then you have to click to go enroll in it, and then you have to enroll. It took longer to get to the video than it would d- be to even watch the video, right? Yeah, not a um, great first day. Not a great first day, but also not a great way to be able to communicate to your employees fast. Right Rapidly, in a way that um, that you could um, you know quickly get information out and then know that people have um, viewed it or seen it, right? And so uh, so that was the beginning of our uh, transformational journey uh, and um, enabled to in order to enroll our senior executives, uh, one of the things that happened was um, we had some leadership turnover. I talk about, Two things with my clients that you've got to have both readiness and ripeness for the change. So readiness is, you know, do we have all of the things that are necessary to be able to turn the boat or jump the boat? Um, or and right because it's both. Um, and do we have the um, the ripe culture or support or executive gear that is going to allow us to be able to both make the case and um, enroll our sponsorship so that we're not doing it alone. And we're not doing it quietly, and we have kind of everybody around us who needs to help us, uh, you know, do all of the moving or the turning. And um, and so uh, in this example at Intuit, I had both the newly appointed chief um, chief HR officer and the chief IT officer who was feeling a lot of pain with this previous LMS. Uh, that I was talking about the learning management system. It was it was so painful for all employees' experiences, and that became the opportunity, the ripe um, fruit from which to then say, "Well, hold on." Um, the first request that they gave to us was, uh, "Can we need a new learning management system?" This was the opportunity to um, to be able to make the case and demonstrate what we actually needed was a three layer tech stack that enabled um, employee learning um kind of within and through the job and um and so we pitched this three-layer tech stack that also had an lms in it we gave them three options and ultimately um they chose the the um aspirational one the one that helps them transform the way that they um help leaders and learners at intuit learn and grow and uh we went to implement it we said you know what we can probably do it in a year uh, they said, well, we've never done like anything like this. And we've never done anything like this in a year. Uh, let's make sure that we've got all the resources necessary to do it. And, um, and so we were able to get it implemented uh, right away, like within the year. And luckily we did because, um, what is it? When was it? March 19th, May 19th. Um, that was when COVID hit and everybody had to work from home immediately. And one of the first things that we had to do was Um, figure out a way to communicate with our employees about how to be a great employee when you work from home. And Mm -hmm. so our technology enabled, it wasn't even rolled out yet, right? Like our technology enabled uh, us to be able to send a video, which was a three minute video about three tips for how to work from home um, and take care of yourself at the same time. And then 72 hours later, we were able to set up what we call learning pathways, five learning pathways um, that were brand new, that were crowdsourced from um, uh, other Intuit remote employees who would help all of these new remote employees um, learn how to work uh, when you're not in the same room with one another. And so it was pretty amazing in terms of that digital transformation of um, from where we started uh, in the five years that I worked with them to the end when we were able to implement this solution. And, um the longest part of that was um, building the case, the readiness and the capability. And then the ripeness is um, continuing to listen and find that place where you can um, where you can kind of pluck the um your supporters and your stakeholders um, to kind of enroll them into the vision of the thing that you're looking for or looking to do. Where is the pain? Where is the problem and how might you be able to expand that as an opportunity to um, to enable transformation? So yeah. yes, that's the long road, but it also is the most important.
1: <laughs> it is. I You said a bunch of really uh, important pieces there and some interesting things. You talked about the aspirational goals and objectives, and I think that's important when it comes to getting executive leadership, sponsorship. Um, you have to kind of tie the aspirational goals of maybe the the LMS or the communication platform to the aspirational goals of the organization. Um, and and have and and create a way for people to understand how they're connected. And sometimes, you know, the, the the initiatives that are tackled from a technology standpoint can be a little bit mundane, maybe not that exciting from a big aspirational standpoint, but important nonetheless. If I could, if I could take it down a maybe four or five layers, you know, we're, we're often talking to businesses about cybersecurity Mm -hmm. and something that's hard to get people excited about is implementing password managers. And yet it is so important for companies to really take simple things like that seriously. And it's part of the big picture. If we want to be trusted by our customers, if we want to, if we want our employees to trust that we're putting the right things in place, it's important even for a, Uh, a leader to understand that that's one piece that absolutely, you know, is part of the bigger picture. And uh, I can't tell you how many password manager implementations have fallen flat because the CEO said everybody else needs to use it, but I've got my own system, you know, uh, so they've got to, they've got to really understand why we're doing this and get on board. That's a, that's a really small example for something with a much shorter timeline than the project you talked about, but important nonetheless for, for people to be engaged and understand why they need, uh, why leaders need to really uh, lead in those situations.
0: Yeah, I love that example actually because it is it is one place where uh, you may think it's mundane, but if you can build the um, the bigger picture or the greater picture behind why we need to do this, super interesting, right? Like Microsoft itself moved from um, uh, investing all of their time, resources, and energy in um, you know building the solutions for people to be able to use the Teams and the Word and the PowerPoint and, and the um, you know, SharePoint and all of these things, and then started to invest in, um, in security in keeping all of the documents and the tools and the, the communications and all of these things safe, because it's actually a recognition that, um, it's like this indicator that you've moved to the new era of work, you've moved to working digitally because that is a critical part of working digitally is keeping all of our digital assets safe. So um, if you can tie it to that greater vision, then uh, you know people can get more on board with it of like, oh, okay, it's not just a dang thing that we have to do for the whatever thing. Like I'm here to help our company transform because we're going to look and do this thing. This is one part of my role in it. And look, everybody else is there too. This is the boat we're jumping on.
1: Yeah it ties the tactical to the strategic and uh, it it's uh, it's important and it gets overlooked a lot of times. Um, So very interesting. You've, you've consulted with lots of uh, companies and you've, you've been kind of the person in charge of, of uh, managing that engagement and that, that learning. Um, Can you tell me maybe if we take it down from the leadership level at, at the level where you've got, um, you know, employees who show up and they've got a job to do and they just want to get their job uh, done. What challenges have you faced trying to get uh, employees who have a job to do focused on a bigger picture objective um, and and how have you coached businesses on maybe overcoming something like that? Overcoming uh, apathy or or any pushback on really getting engaged with the project?
0: Oh gosh, I love this. This is actually a um, a great question, and um, you know, one of the one of the ways that I do this is um, is by enrolling the people who are going to be directly affected um, by the change to be able to come in early, help test it out, and help ho- and help poke holes in it. Because the interesting part about um, any change, especially if it is impacting a a, um, a employee's kind of way of work, is that they know the most about the way that they work today and they know what gets in the way. So they're gonna help you identify some of those roadblocks um, that you're gonna encounter when it comes to um, implementation and they're gonna be the first ones to poke holes at whatever you think the aspiration is of it. And my goodness, if you can get those folks um, both enabled and enrolled to say, oh, well, wait a second. Yeah, that, that would be a better approach I would love it if we could do that. I tested it and this didn't work. But if we could fix this thing, then yes, that would make my life tremendously better. That actually works better than what I thought, right? Like getting them through the experience of that thing is like tantamount, number one. Number two, you have to, there is some catharsis um, that is required. You have to kind of help employees let go of the old way. Uh, When we implemented a new uh, three-layer tech stack um, instead of the LMS, um, when we started talking about it, our employees actually would say, um, oh, is the LMS going away? Is the LMS going away? Oh, is the LMS going away? And we realized, oh my gosh, we need to have a going away party for the LMS. (laughs) So we threw a virtual party for our LMS and the people who are our administrators got to write like um go like thank you dear john kind of letters of like we'll miss you but we also won't uh, <laughs> And so that helped kind of create this celebration in being able to kind of turn on new so um you know don't uh don't discount the opportunity to um build catharsis in a way that kind of opens the the door for the future um and enroll those people who are your biggest who might be your biggest um, naysayers because if you can flip them, then everybody else will come along.
1: Oh, I love that. Some very important things you said there about getting people on board. And I think talking about what you're leaving behind really does open up the possibilities for what you might do moving forward. Yeah. And uh, uh, that's very powerful. And so I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up with that. I want to thank you very much for, for joining me today. Um, I want to tell people if you want to find out more about Dana, you can go to danasednek.com, D A N A S E D N E K.com. And uh phenomenal resource. It's been a pleasure visiting with you. Thanks for spending the time today, Dana.
0: Thank you, David. This was great. If you enjoyed this episode of Empower Solid Protect, please subscribe, like, and tell a friend. The Empower, Solve, Protect podcast is sponsored by Go West IT, your expert guide to the digital frontier.